And welcome to episode 15 of Adventures in VHS, the podcast dedicated entirely to the lost format of VHS. In each episode, I take a look at the history, artwork and UK release of one of the many VHS tapes that adorn my shelves. And once I've delved into all that, I then get into the film itself with a full and frank review, along with some of its highlights and lowlights. Uh, As many of you will no doubt be aware, the podcast supports the upcoming book of the same name, which is a personal journey through 60 of the VHS movies that shaped my love of film. And I'm delighted to say this is a very special episode as I'm finally able to offer some real news on how you'll actually be able to get hold of the book. Uh, But just before I do, I'd like to once more at this point say a massive, massive thank you to each and every one of you who has supported the project up until this point. I realise it's been a long time coming, but every download and tweet and like and comment and iTunes review and piece of feedback um, you've shared with me over the last couple of years um, has really helped get the book and the podcast to, to where it's at today. So I am truly, truly grateful to you all for listening Uh, and feel at this point like the book is almost as much yours as mine, which is why I'm choosing to reveal this piece of news here. So, uh, having had interest from a couple of different places on the book uh, a few months back, I decided to take a meeting with a publisher called Unbound. There's a chance you may have heard of them. They were recently in the news for being the first publisher to get a crowdsourced book onto the long list for the uh, Man Booker Prize. Uh, which is great, but basically Unbound are a publisher that uses crowdsourcing to get projects like Adventures in VHS out into the world. 
And in that meeting, they were very kind about what they'd read about the, uh, what they'd read of the book, and they said that they really wanted to publish it, which, as you can imagine, was a pretty amazing thing to hear. Uh, and then they explained a little bit more about how Unbound works, and it didn't take me too long to realise that they were they were kind of the perfect partner for this. So from today, uh, I can hereby reveal that you can pledge to buy adventures in vhs simply by heading to adventuresinvhs.com um where you'll see a little bit of blurb and there's a button at the bottom with a link uh, click through to that and you'll be taken to unbound and on my unbound um, adventures in vhs page you'll be presented with a whole host of cool options for buying the book uh, you can pledge 10 pounds to receive a copy of the ebook version uh, or you can pledge £20 and for that you'll receive the hardback edition when it goes to print. But it doesn't end there. Um, there are all sorts of other options available. Um, if you pledge £35, you can get your hands on the Adventures in VHS membership edition. And that will be a signed um, hardback edition of the book with an exclusive numbered video store card. Um, so yeah, that's that's a nice little touch, but I'm actually going to use that in the future as well. So if you are a, an Adventures in VHS um, video store card membership uh, card holder, uh, then in the future there will be sort of some cool planned events and podcasts and competitions and things that I'll do. So, um, you know, it's a nice sort of addition, but it's also something which may be useful in the future. Um, for those of you who would like to become VIP Adventures in VHS membership uh, holders, there is also the option on there to pledge £60, and for that you get everything uh, again, so you get the uh, the ebook and the, the, the hardback version of the book, uh, but you also get uh, one of the 60 actual tapes that were, that were featured in Adventures in VHS, the book itself. Uh, yeah, that's right, I'm actually giving away um, 50 of the 60 films. So, um, yeah, randomly selected uh, videotapes, but they will be out with uh, VIP membership card holders. Um, if you do want to support the book even more, there are some other exciting options that you'll find listed on there, including sort of uh, all of the above plus tickets to the launch party, um, all of the above plus uh, sort of bespoke video podcast that will be recorded especially for you uh, based on sort of you know you tell me your favorite movie and I send you some uh, you know a video podcast of sort of three uh, films that sort of um, that are from that era and that type of thing um, there is also a great option on there for an advertising partnership so if you or anyone you know um, are in a position that they might like to sponsor Adventures in VHS, uh, the podcast and the book, then it'd be great if you could uh, take a look at that or pass that on to them. Um, however, regardless of whether or not you sign up for the ebook, the hardback, uh, or the one of the membership or VIP membership editions, um, every single person that pledges will be given access to something else, which I think is, is a really cool feature that Unbound offer its, uh, its, its users, and that is the Writer's Shed. Uh, now, the Writer's Shed is basically a place where Unbound authors, like myself, I can now say, uh, can sort of share exclusive blogs and updates, um, as well as any excerpts or unused chapters from the books that they're writing and provide sort of constant updates as to how things are going with the book. Um, so, of course, I'll be doing all of that. Um, 
So, you know, if you do pledge to buy the book, you'll get exclusive bits and pieces from me. Uh, So I'm planning on doing some sort of uh, some review blogs of of, of movies that didn't quite make it into the book. Um, And obviously sort of regular diary style updates and, and stuff like that. But I've also arranged with the guys at Unbound to have something else there too. Um, so first off, it's probably worth me saying that if you're, that your your regular long form Adventures in VHS podcast is going nowhere, this show will still exist. Um, but if you are someone who pledges to buy the book and you are given access to the writer's shed, um, you'll also start to see some mini casts pop up. Um, so these will be just kind of shorter one shot shows. Um, that will be sort of uh, briefer, sort of um, quick podcast episodes. Uh, and on occasion, um, I kind of intend some of these to be video as well. Um, now, obviously, that's great because you get to see my wonderful, beautiful face. Uh, but also, more importantly, you can kind of see some of the clips from the films themselves that I'm talking about, which is, is kind of the uh, the point of it there. So, um, yeah, plenty of reasons to, to kind of go and sign up, I think. Um, but at this point, you know, obviously what would immensely help the project um, would be getting it to really hit the ground running. So, um, yeah, you head to adventuresinvhs.com now and, and go through to Unbound. Um, the more pledges I can get at, at this early stage, the better. So please, please, please pledge. Um, and just as importantly, please tell everyone else you know about it in case the book is something that they might be interested in too. Uh, if you've got a blog or a podcast, it'd be amazing if you could mention it on there. Um, but also just, you know, mentioning it on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else, every single mention helps get get word spread about the book and we'll we'll make sure that it is made sooner rather than later um so yeah head to adventuresinvhs.com um you'll see sort of some new artwork on there which goes live um today which will be hopefully october the first when you're listening to this um and you'll see some sort of artwork on there, some text, which is a synopsis of the book, and then two big buttons at the bottom. One of them says buy the book, the other one says listen to the podcast, so there's just a separate page on there for the podcast. Uh, but click on buy the book and it'll take you straight through to Unbound, um, and then you can pledge to whatever level you like. Um, and then once you've pledged, you'll receive details about how to access the writer's shed and and then you'll start to see some of that other good stuff trickling through as well. Um, then, once we hit the uh, the magic number, um, we'll go into production and um, copies of Adventures in VHS will be fired out across the world. Um, uh, yeah, so it's exciting. Um, and that's it. That's the big announcement. I'm really, really, really fucking excited about this and I'm delighted to be able to tell you about it finally as well. Um I am naturally a fucking noisy motor mouth who wants to share everything with the world, as uh, as my Twitter profile will have probably informed you by now. Um, so keeping this to myself has been a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I can I can now say that Adventures in VHS feels like it's happening, and um, the great thing is you can be part of making that happen as well. So um, yeah. I really need you to help me out by going to buy it, uh, because obviously if you if you don't, then the book doesn't happen. But um, yeah, that's the way to go about doing it. Um, and that's that. So yeah, that's that out of the way then. I suppose you'll probably want a podcast as well, won't you? Um, well, have no fear. I've got an absolute blinder for you. Um, not only will I be taking a look at the UK VHS release of 1982's Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo on Guild Home Video... But I'll also be joined by my former 35mm Heroes 
co-host Mr. Ian Loring for the review. Um, it's a bumper show. I hope you enjoy it. So just sit back uh, as I slip into a crop top and neon leggings for Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo. Party people in the place to be. This is what you've all been waiting to see. Electric Boogaloo, the ultimate show. With Kelly, Ozone, and Turbo. Electric Boogaloo is Breakdance 2. Yes, Hi. Electric Boogaloo's action stands the best you'll get. If you like breakdance when you ain't seen nothing yet. I'll finish you, your friends, and your whole damn neighborhood. This time there is an enemy, so they must unite. Because the same you believe in, sometimes you must fight. You lost your edge. Right. Electric Boogaloo's the greatest, nothing can compete. And once you've seen this movie, you'll believe in the beat. So here we go, Breakdance 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, this is a movie that I uh, I did see as a child, um, and I kind of mentioned in the review section with Ian later on that I'm not too sure whether I did or I didn't. I absolutely definitely did. Um, but it's kind of one that I forgot about over the years. Um, I kind of had a little bit of a, uh, and this sounds very strange, I had kind of an interest in breakdancing when I was a kid. Um, and I knocked about with a bunch of older kids who did a little bit of breakdancing, um, and I just kind of, like, hung around with them, and I think they used to sort of, like, just push me into the middle every now and again and sort of make me do little body-popping moves because I think they thought it was cute. Either that or they were bullying me in some weird way, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, obviously I was very keen to see Break uh, Breakdance 2 when it popped out into the world, Um I, know, I don't remember ever having seen Breakdance, um, but yeah, I have definitely seen the sequel. Uh, it's a weird one because the sequel is kind of more famous than the than the original, um, and I, I'd say you know, in its in its own small way, Breakdance Two is kind of famous simply for its name. Um, but for those of you who have seen it, um, you will know that it is so much more. Um, just to mention a little bit about the very first time that I uh, came back to it, let's say. Um, it was a long time ago now, probably about, oh God knows, about three or four years ago maybe. Um, probably about four years ago. Um, and I had been podcasting and writing with uh, Jordan McGrath, uh, who now runs Verite, and uh, Ian Loring, who you'll hear from later. Um, for a, for a long time, um, I had known Kurt, um, who is uh, Kurt Brooks on Twitter. I'd known him for a long time, 
Um, and yet we had never sort of met in public, uh, in real life. Myself and Kurt had met in real life, but um, I'd never actually met Ian and Jordan. Um, so I came up with a great idea one weekend, uh, one weekend where I kind of said, all right, why don't you all come up to Manchester? We'll go out, we'll have a few drinks, then we'll all pile back to mine and we'll have our own little mini festival, little mini film festival where we can all sit around and bond over movies and chat and um, and drink and, and all sorts of other stuff. Um, so that's what we did. And the rule was everybody had to bring one movie um, and they had to sort of say to the group, all right, you, you've probably not seen this movie, um, and I'm going to show you this film now because I believe that everybody should see this. And, yeah, that's kind of what happened. Um, I showed uh, an Australian movie called The Horseman, which is one that we'd screened at Grim Up North uh, that I was really, really fond of and I think I'd seen at Fright Fest as well. Um and uh, Kurt showed Street Fighter 2, the movie. Um, Jordan, I think, showed... Was it The Proposition? Which, yeah. Um, and Ian brought a copy of Breakdowns 2. I can't remember for the life of me whether Ian just brought it because he hadn't gotten around to watching it yet, uh, or if he had actually seen it and was recommending it. But, um, yeah, so he brought down Breakdowns 2, Electric Boogaloo. And it's fair to say that the beer was was flowing by the by the time we got to it, and it was one of the best film experiences I have ever had. I don't think I've ever laughed so much in my entire life in one solid sort of hour and twenty five minutes. It was a magical experience. Um, Breakdance Two is a joyous, joyous film, and I, I realise I'm kind of reviewing it before we get to the review, but you know, it's it's a film that. I will always remember for that day, uh, just just for, for how hilarious an experience it was, but it's also one that I will tell everybody that they need to watch, and I do intend at some point to have some sort of screening of it in the future. It may possibly be a VHS screening, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, those aforementioned VIP membership cards, keep hold of them, because uh, who knows, maybe that'll happen. Um, yeah, so we're going to take a quick look at the actual cover then. So um, the Canon Group Incorporated presents Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, that's uh, the big logo across the top. Probably worth mentioning at this point as well. This is Breakdance uh, 2 Electric Boogaloo um, and not Break Into. So if you pick up a copy of the DVD um, or if you sort of stream it anywhere, you will find that the movie is probably called Breaking. However, on its UK VHS release... Um, it was renamed Breakdance um, in the UK, so goodness knows why. I think they just were worried so that people wouldn't understand what breaking is. Um, so, however, um, they do mention breaking in the tagline, which is just underneath there. Uh, believe in the beat that's on the street. It's hopping and popping. They're breaking and locking. Nice. Um, PG rated. Um, starring Lucinda Dickey, Adolfo Shabadoo Quinons, and Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. Uh, just under there, on the cover, front cover unusually, um, we have the fact that it's in colour and it's 1 hour 25 minutes long and is in stereo. It's unusual to see that on a front cover, however, um, I do know that Guild, our uh, Guild Home video did tend to do that with a lot of their early releases. Um, and across the front we've got, um, we've got Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers, uh, Adolfo Shabadoo Quinones and Lucinda Dickey all in their hottest pink uh, and green and multicoloured lycra 
um, throw in some serious shapes and convincing you that this is the party movie that it is. Um, and then beneath that, we've just got a whole um, bunch of people who are who are um, hopping and popping, breaking and locking, etc. Uh, big guild logo across the bottom and along the side. Breakdowns to break electric boogaloo in hot pink. Uh, there's a hot pink spine on this, and we've got um, Lucinda Dickey along the side as well. Uh, big gold sticker on it that says VHS format, which is beautiful. Um, and then we turn around to the back and it's a more pale pink with just two images on the back, two big images, one of which is the uh, the breakdance crew and their sort of the kids that they're friends with and everything like that, um, chatting with the evil builders that want to knock down their building, all of which will become clear when I get to the uh, synopsis. But um, And then at the bottom there's a whole big breakdance show that's going on. Um, I will read you the uh, blurb across the back because that'll hopefully give you a bit of an insight into the <laughs> plot. Uh, I don't know how accurate a word that is, but yeah, there is kind of a plot. Uh, and here we go. The TKO crew, Turbo, Kelly and Ozone, discover that Miracles, their local community centre, is to be pulled down to make way for a shopping centre. With their friends from the neighbourhood, they spring into action to save it. If City Hall won't listen to their protest, there's certainly no way it can turn a blind eye to the massive demonstration of street dancing, which proves that miracles can still happen. Um, it's described by the LA Times underneath there as an exuberant soul train ride that bounces to the topsy-turvy beat of the street. Um, Chris Roberts of Sound says it's the music that throughout is insistently fab. Films and filming say the film booms with colour and happiness and vitality. Um, and then, brilliantly, there's a quote from its star, Adolfo Shabadou Quinones, which just says, this picture is a lot of fun. Excellent to have a quote from your actual star on the back. Um, then big yellow box with the uh, details of the cast and crew underneath there. Big Canon logo at the bottom. And that is the cover in a nutshell, um, or should I say in a clamshell. Why have I never thought of that one before? Brilliant. Um, right, so yeah, that is the cover. Um, so now we shall pop it open and slam it in and take a look at the trailers. Guild warning then, telling us that it's uh, illegal for us to copy the movie and show in public or to a public or private audience. And then we'll move on to the Guild logo, I would imagine. Still one of my favourite uh, bits of music before. You've been together movie. almost ten years, so I just want you to be certain that you're ready to throw it all away and be out there on your own. I want to divorce my parents. Okay, this is Drew Barrymore divorcing her parents. And didn't she do that in real life? Indiana, on January 20, 1973. 
I had no idea I'd be married to her four days later. What do you do? Who? You. Me? Um, nothing. I'm, I'm just engaged. Okay. I recognize her. That's, um, what's her name? Oh, I just get mixed up with Sally Field, but it's not Sally Field. What's her name? I can't remember. Right, not a movie I recognise, but it looks like one of them's a movie director, one of them is a scriptwriter, and Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore is their daughter. And I guess this is the sort of story of how they grew apart and she wanted a divorce. Oh, that's a young Sharon Stone. She's fair. It's weird this because it's it seems to be a bit it seems to be a comedy. It's being played as a comedy, but the music is incredibly melodramatic. Maybe something the Perrier water. Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. Shelley Long and Drew Barrymore. Irreconcilable differences. Irreconcilable differences. I vaguely remember that being around, actually. It looks fucking awful. Ah, a Golden Globus production, so this is promising. And I know what this is. As you can tell from the music, this is kind of a, uh, a hip-hop-related movie, and it's breakdance. I'm not... I, I shouldn't really interrupt this song. Which, as you all know, is Ice Tea. Don't go and tell your peers the movie you want for is finally here with action style and beautiful girls. People look for class and they see the subtle hesitate and see how one young girl contacts the street dance world. So yeah, this is the original movie then, Breakdance, or Breaking as it will have originally been known. Um, it looks a lot more stagey. So yeah, we'll get we'll get into the detail of um, of Break Breakdance too in, in just a moment, moment obviously. But this looks like a pretty different film. It looks a little bit smaller and a lot of it looks like it's set in a studio um, I will get around to checking it out at some point, I can't believe I never have um, and yeah, at this point we've got the uh, BBFC uh, Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo uh, PG title card that's popped up so that means the movie's on you are now hearing the Canon logo light up and in just a few seconds we will be nuts deep in Lycra um, so after this short break, I will be joined by Mr. Ian Loring, and we will be reviewing Break Into Electric Boogaloo.
have talked a little bit about the 1984 Canon Films and Guild Home Video Distributed UK VHS release, uh, and now it's time to get nuts deep into Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo, the film itself. Um, and I'm joined by my former 35mm Heroes co-host and current host of Dude and a Monkey, Mr. Ian Loring. Hello, Ian. Hello. I'm feeling all analog. This is good. It's good. It's good. But I feel oh, I feel fuzzy. <laughs> do you need to adjust any tracking, or do you need to? I do, man. I do. Um, don't forget to rewind me. I will not. Um, I'm guessing though. You probably watched not Breakdance Two Electric Boogaloo, but Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo. There's a oh, yeah. is it is it Breakdance over here? No, I, my wow. Region One DVD, and I own this on Region One DVD. Yeah. I will say says Breaking Two, and also has indeed. cover art, which makes no sense given the yeah. film. Well, I think that's the thing. It's um, the the UK VHS release of it in. 84 on Guild, uh, sorry, on Canon. Um, it was released in the UK as Breakdance 2 Electric Boogaloo. That makes me want to throw up. I think they just thought that um, people from the UK wouldn't know what breaking was, uh, or they thought it might be something violent. I, said, I don't know. Um, but funnily enough, every other UK release since then has been breaking 2. So, um, yes, very odd. It's like, it's like um, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because uh, wasn't the original like theatrical releases of those films Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles? And I think they were cut as well, because of like, nunchuck stuff. And nunchucks, yeah. There was a big whole thing about nunchucks in the 80s. People were really paranoid. But, uh, fucking, fucking crazy. Um, but, yeah, so I have asked Mr. Ian Loring to join me for... Um, for various reasons, he's, he's a great guy to have on a podcast, but also, um, Ian watched Breaking 2, let's say, Breaking 2 Electric mm-hmm. Boogaloo, for the first time, um, uh, at, the very f- at the very same time that I watched it, um, and I can't remember, had I seen this before? Before we watched it together? I don't even... Uh, no, no, because no. I remember, I, like... I mean, this was the weekend that Noel, Jordan, and and Kurt, and myself, and and, and you, and me, that's many people, that's too many people, sorry, but you know what I mean, uh, met for the first time face-to-face, and I still, I will always remember the look on your face when I pulled out this DVD was something that I will cherish for the rest of my life. Yeah. It was, it was a vision. And that screening, because it's, it's a bit of a weird one. I feel like I saw it when I was a kid, but then forgot it, um, which would make more sense because I kind of was, and this is going to sound terrible, I kind of was into break content a little bit when I was a kid mm. um, in the shittest possible way. I think I was eight years old, and I used to knock about with a, a few kids who were a couple of years older than me who actually did do a bit of break content. Um, but... My memories of that screening, which I've talked about earlier on in this podcast, it was just I can't I can't remember the time I can't remember a time I've laughed quite as much as that. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, it's um this this is a film that I think no matter what you can say about the quality instills pure joy, even if that joy is derived from things I don't think the filmmakers ever intended. No. No, I mean, we will get into it, but it's it's just such a... 
Oh, it's such a, it is pure joy, and it, but it's so bizarre in points as well. And there's three yeah. sort of, there's three points in particular that I kind of, that I, I want to pick up and, and, and for us to talk about, um, which are my sort of three moments of just pure surreality. It's just, there's three moments where it really gets very strange indeed. Um, and the first of those, which I'll mention now, is the opening scene. So, the first ten minutes of the film, um, you, you sort of introduced to this world that you need to bear in mind that this is Breakdowns Two or Breaking Two. So there is another film that's come before this, um, and it is a little bit strange at first to sort of see these established characters mooching about. We've got—I um, should really have the IMDb for this up—but um, we've got Turbo and, and Ozo, who are the yep. two main. Um, sort of dance lead characters uh, and the girl's name what's the girl's name again? Um, Reese or Shaz or oh Christ I only watched this this morning and last night let's check the back of the oh, oh my Kelly. god Kelly god Kelly. of course it's yeah. Kelly Jesus so we're introduced um, to these characters and we uh, learn very quickly what they're all about they're all about dance um, but the way the characters are kind of set up, they do sort of refer to each other a little bit in a way that, you know, we really should know who these people are. Yes. Um, so it is a bit of a strange start. But what, what I kind of wanted to, to get onto is the first moment of surreal, moment of surreality, which is when the three of these, when these three get together, the TKO crew, as they're known, according to the back of this uh, videotape, um, TKO standing for Turbo, Kelly and Ozone um, <laughs> obviously um, when they get together some dude, well a lot of people come over because they're all so bloody excited that Kelly's back in town it's just everybody starts popping up out of the woodworks going, oh my god Kelly's back oh no it's yeah. Kelly, Kelly's a and one guy just starts rapping and from this rap uh, a whole music sequence starts which gets everybody dancing and I mean everybody. Yeah, um, including the worst old-aged makeup professional dancer I've ever seen in my life. It's an old, an old lady, and it's like she's got a veil over, her, and then she's taken by the beat, which many people are. Yeah. This film could easily, if you redubbed it, be a horror film about dance being infectious. Yeah. Um, and. and and she is absolutely terrible, and then just starts going at it. And also, what confused me is the fact that where were they at the start? And, and because they they basically go to miracles, but they all hang out at miracles. So where the hell are they at the start? They're just like round somebody's house. Yeah, I think are they? I don't know because it's the place where they are later. Um, with the sort of revolving room that we'll get onto and everything like that. Isn't that... Is that Turbo's house? I think it might be. Right, okay. But, so like, loads... But, like, all the people who go to Miracles all appear oh, hanging live on the same there. street. Yeah, 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 they do. They do. And I think... Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the um, the idea of turning this into some sort of dance infection movie would be would be absolutely... Brilliant, and I've already got a tagline for it as well. Go on. The rhythm is going to get you. Yeah, that's very yeah. good. Oh, you um, can't stop the beat. You can't stop yeah, the like, beat. Yeah, like underlined, can't. Can't stop the beat. 
Um, but yeah, so this dude starts rapping. Everyone starts dancing. It starts off, if correct me if I'm wrong, I think the postman starts dancing. Yep. And then we get cops dancing and yep. builders dancing and old ladies dancing. And all of them are dancing in ways that only professional dancers can dance. And somehow this is supposedly some sort of reality that is this some sort of reality that we're that we're in is that what's happening it's i think there are moments basically whenever people are talking normally i think that stuff is the real world and yeah. then whenever music starts whenever anyone starts dancing then we've gone into like into inception world yeah where we are now in somebody's head, you know. I think it's, the whole thing is basically turbo masturbating, and this is all just his cum fantasy, I think. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the thing, I mean, you know, if we were to sort of, if we were to just sort of say, um, this is a movie which is real life, apart from the musical sequence, the sequences which are kind of fantastical, and what sure. we're asked to suspend disbelief. That's fine, because that's basically what a musical does. Yeah. But then there's so many other strange things that happen um, that it's just kind of, it's it's difficult to, I don't know, it's difficult to pin down. But it is the most, the most, in my in my opinion, the most 80s film that I've ever seen. I can't think of a film that's more 80s than this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine, say, like, the step-up films in yeah. 30 years feeling quite as just bizarre yeah bizarrely out of its moment as Mm. Electra Boogaloo is and I mean it feels like a relic of a specific time where if it was made a week earlier or later it wouldn't be this film yeah it's all, yeah, exactly. It's almost like it's it's nineteen. What is this? Eighty three or eighty? It's almost like it's eighty three encapsulated. And mm. nineteen eighty four wasn't like that. Nineteen eighty two wasn't like that. This is just nineteen eighty three. But it's like it's like this is this is the week of March the twenty third to the thirtieth, yeah. nineteen eighty three, or something like it's it it just it just feels like it was out of date when they finished editing it. Yeah. But but I mean but it, it I mean it certainly does have its charms. I I want to just bring up for a second. Is this around the section where Turbo first sees that um, that Puerto Rican girl? I'm assuming she is anyway. And it is it, that yeah, they dance their way down to that stage. Yes, I think and the, the whole the, the whole gang dances their way down to that stage, and they're, then they're struggling to get him away from. Staring at this girl. Yes, and th- because yeah. th- then you've got the the one, the the first really funny moment for me is the fat guy with like the Hawaiian shirt who's just <laughs> bopping along, and Turbo's just like, "What did she say?" He's like, "I think she likes you, man. You go up there. I think she wants to kiss you." And who the f- and you're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" It's amazing. Maybe he's a major player in uh, in breaking. We don't know. I um, I think he's probably her pimp. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. The after credit scene is him coming and like slapping her around because she's falling in love with Turbo or something, you know. Yeah, so it sets its stall out quite nicely. Anyway, Um, I think you kind of if you weren't if you don't enjoy or get some sort of silly fun out of the first 
five to ten minutes of the film, you may as well just switch it off because it's not it's not gonna it's not going anywhere else apart from this. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, the stall's been set out, we've got our players all kind of arranged, we've got uh, the TKO crew sorted out, regardless of whether or not we know them from breaking, we know them in breaking two now, so so that's fine, we can move on. Um, Kelly's back in town, Miracles is the place where the whole um, the whole of the, the, the town, the whole of the city goes to dance and learn to dance and learn to box and all sorts of stuff, so that's great. Um Kelly's being shown around by Turbo, Ozone, and some strange mime artist. Oh, that's right, yeah. He's leading them around. Um, Kelly is highly impressed by the fixtures and fittings of the place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, well, you have mirrors. This is well. great. <laughs> um, she's, an, she's an easily impressed girl, apparently. Um, and then we kind of we start getting into the plot then. So... And this is kind of, this kind of, for me, sums up the whole rhythm of this, rhythm being the perfect word, mm. rhythm of this film. You're kind of all the way through, um, pretty much waiting for a musical dance number, um, or a musical dance number that sort of is a montage that explains what's going on. And then there's just little tiny sections where, and I mean really, really tiny, tiny sections in the middle, where there's a couple of old white people stood around talking about how they're going to tear down miracles to, to build a shopping centre. I want to build that shopping centre. I want to build it on the site that we talked about. The property values in that area are just going to take off. And that building that the kids are in, well, <laughs> that has got to go. And yes. that's it. There's not like... It's, it's literally music sequence, old white people talking about tearing down miracles, music sequence. Mm -hmm. That's kind of it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, and then you've got the uh, the kind of the counselor who comes into it, who's who's on their side as mm. well. And but then you know you've got the the shady bald guy and the the shit heel construction guy just kind of in the background, just like oh, we're going to tear them down, we're going to tear them down, good and. Um, you know, and yes, and aside from that, you've got the the dance sequences, which I mean, the, the actual plot about saving miracles kind of comes into it more in the second half because the first half is also setting up this rivalry that um, that the TKO crew have got with the cast of West Side Story. Um, yeah, yeah, and and, and you've got easy. It's easy to forget that, really, isn't it? By the yeah. time you've gotten to the third act, it's kind of it's kind of dropped a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got the nightclub scene, and you've got the yeah. scene kind of like under the underpass where they do yes. the like the fight sequence, which kind of feels like it's supposed to be a fight sequence, but done by dance. Yeah, and and yet they the other crew seem to acknowledge that they've been beaten, but it's just like how, like, are you just you're just acknowledging these guys' skills are far too good? We've been we've been TKO'd as um, as Ozone says at the end. And it's yeah. So the, I, I, the dance moves. The dance moves are the dance moves are punches and kicks, sort of. Yeah, sort yeah, of sparring but, in the dance but, moves, but yeah, it's not but clear whether or not each other. That's, yeah. that's the thing. So, and it's not like they're pretending to hit each other, but they're not pulling it off. They're they're clearly dancing with each other. Yes, uh, but then every now and then, like kind of like going up to each other and kind of like almost like they're throwing their fists, but it's kind yeah. of part of the move. Yeah. 
and then there's one or two occasions where one will pick up the other. I think uh, Ozone picks somebody up and throws him on a car at some point. Yes. I remember at that moment, I was just a bit like, oh, that's a bit physical. <laughs> this has gotten a bit serious, hasn't it? It's gotten out of hand. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's good. I'm glad you took it so seriously. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got that bit, and you've got the bit in the nightclub. I mean, also, you've got the kind of the love interest girl, who I'm assuming yeah. must have been in the first one. I haven't seen the first one, because I only Gene watched... Kelly. No, the, the, the kind of the other one who's in Ozone. And uh, like, oh, I see, yeah. The, the kind, kind of tops yeah, up the, to the her naughty one. times and says, I don't want you round here, you fuck off, he's my man, yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know. But she sort of gets, she gets a, a bit of a shitty end, a bit of a, the shitty end of the stick, doesn't she, really? Well, yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah. It's clear that Ozone's been, you know, he's been fucking her, clearly, because yes. that's what, why she's knocking about, or, or so it seems, but he's a little bit like, yeah, girl, me and you, I don't know, that was a mistake, you, you should just fuck off. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there, there's never. I mean, have you seen the original? Because I've not seen the original, and this is as as much as as much as we love breaking two or breakdowns to electric boogaloo, and as much fun as we had with it and ha- are having now rewatching it. I wouldn't even know where to get hold of a copy of Breaking. Like I've never even seen one. I was kind of assuming this was going to be on YouTube, like Breaking Two, but it's not. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's I. I yeah, I, I mean, there the is, thing is... There, there is, is a trailer. There is oh, a there trailer is a for Breaking. Yeah, strangely enough, on Breakdance 2, Electric Boogaloo, the videotape, there is a trailer for Breaking before it. Okay. So, they didn't rename Breakdance, from what I can tell. Um, or, or maybe I, I shall have to go back and check that again, actually, because... Um, but I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I, I know that the trailer for the first movie is on before the second movie. But to my knowledge, I don't know if it was... Well, I mean, it must have been available. They, they, they wouldn't have been advertising it otherwise, but I've never seen it anywhere, so... It's an odd one. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, the, the only reason why I originally watched this film in the first place is because it's called Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, obviously, you're going to watch a film called Electric Boogaloo, but I, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming the other crew and that girl are in the first one, and they they basically, maybe they have larger parts in the first one. Yeah. Or, or, or something, but it's, yeah, I mean, because Ozone is a motherfucker to him, and also, when Kelly's kind of thinking about umming and ahhing about going to Paris, he's a bit like, oh, do what you want. Yeah, yeah. And he gets really shitty with her when he sort of, when she sort of decides that that's what she wants. He gets yeah. really shitty with her. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's it's I, you know, Ozone is not the nicest character. He's not. No. And he's also very full of himself. There's that one scene where he's up on the um, he's just put the Save Our Streets banner up, yeah. and he's up on that kind of the the, the kind of the roof thing, yeah. and he is looking at the camera like a oh, sex yeah. pest. Yeah. Like, the way he's kind of moving into it and just staring... It, it's... it's. I felt like I needed to call the police. <laughs> it just... I, that, yeah, I mean, so he's a bastard. Turbo is essentially a mute. Yeah. I mean, how many lines does he have in the entire thing? Well, I think the thing is, as well, is when he delivers his lines... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say he's softly spoken, but he's he's quite gentle of voice, and he's pretty terrible. I mean, he makes um, the guy who's playing Ozone look really good mm. acting-wise, but that's that's 
that's just a reflection of him being quite poor. And they do, they, they have, I think they have their moments together. There are a couple of moments where they sort of, they're batting stuff backwards and forwards between each other. And it sort of reminded me a little bit as of a sort of weaker version of, um, um, Morris and. Oh, you, um, yeah, I was just going to say I mean? that. The password there's, there's, is what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are moments in there that remind you a little bit of sort of, of the, the comedic beats in Purple Rain between, um, I'm forgetting the guy's, guy's name now. Morris, uh, uh Mike's going to kill me. Morris um, Day. You know, Morris Day, yeah, Morris yeah. Day and, and his sort of like henchmen. Um, obviously they're not on a par with that, but it's sort of, it's that sort of same, um, tit for tat sort of, uh, you know, sort of, um, the kind of the verbal sparring, the like, verbal sparring, that's the phrase. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, there's, these are sort of other sort of elements and bits that are between sort of montages and montages that are explaining exactly what's going on, like the Gotta Have the Money song. Side that they're sort of raising money, you get the montage of, of uh, car washes and everything like that, and there's literally a song that just explains why you've got to have money, uh, which is useful. Um, and, and how much do they, don't they raise like five grand just from doing a car huge, wash and yeah. selling lemonade? Yeah, I mean the amount of money that's getting put in those buckets as well. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got kids, and you know, I know this is coming from a cynical old man, but you've got kids who are living in a very poor neighbourhood, carrying round buckets of cash. None of them are stealing any of it. Um, none of them are having it taken from them by the local hoodlums. And they managed to raise stupid amounts of money from just because apparently everybody in that city wants their car washed. It's just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I, I, it's not like I'm trying to um, test the believability of electric boogaloo. I would never do such a thing, but, you know, questions should be raised. I, I, I think just all the monetary area. figures in this film, like, just do 10% of those. So instead mm. of raising 200 grand, they have to raise 20 grand. You know, instead of raising $5,000, they raise $500. Well, this is it. How much do they actually have to raise to save Miracle? No, isn't it 200 grand? I think it might be. If it's 200 grand in 1983... No, it is, because her, Kelly's dad writes them a cheque for $50,000 at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking, that's a lot of work he's doing on that place. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, essentially, the building, what, needs to be essentially torn down and reconstructed. And also... They could, have, they could have raised half of that, got a completely different building, and done it up to a standard, a much higher standard. Also, I must say... In terms of the health and safety, the fact that they give them 30 days grace, if that building requires $200,000 worth of reconstructive work, yeah. how are they giving them 30 days when it's a community centre where kids, kids dance? Are running about. Yeah. And it sounds like if a kid like knocked a pillar, the entire thing would come crumbling down. Well, that guy, the, you know, the guy who is trying to convince the, the council to sell it, he actually says at some point, you know, this is structurally unsafe, this building, and that's why you need to sort of do this. Uh, and that's why you need to sort of sell it onto us so we can build a shopping centre. And, the, the, you know, the, the, the councillor or whatever who's supposedly on their side, that's when she decides to give them 30 days grace. So, 
yeah, it's it's an act of irresponsibility. I'll say that much. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? All you've well, got is the creepy old man and... who runs the place. If you've, who... got, if you've got Turbo and Ozone looking after the, 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 the kids of the entire neighbourhood, I think they're in safe hands. That's um, a bad point, though. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm just going to come back to my sort of three moments of surreality. As I'm I, like, I love the next one. Fucking hell. The doll dance scene. So... Um, I'll, I'll explain the doll dance scene and what it is, and then and then Ian, you can you can elaborate and tell me what you thought of it. Oh yeah. So, um, Ozone is attempting to help Turbo uh, win the girl of his dreams by teaching him uh, the way to flirt with girls. Um, now, obviously, this involves a little bit of dancing and a little bit of sort of winking and, and some really odd facial expressions. Um, and he decides to show uh, Turbo um, that he can do this on a life-size doll, which is in the bedroom of Turbo for some reason. Let's not go into that. <laughs> Why he has that there in the corner of his room, I don't know. Mm. Um, and he picks up the doll and starts dancing with the doll and flirting with the doll in order to show Turbo how best to go about it. At first, that's fine, but then Turbo starts to imagine that it is his imaginary girlfriend that Ozone is dancing with. So he cuts in, and then Ozone starts to do the same, and then they kind of start to fight over it, and then the doll turns into physically, like, each of the girls, and it all gets a bit confusing as each of the two guys are dancing with each of the two girls. Um, And, yeah, it's fucking bizarre. Ian... If you were going to call any moment of a the break into Electric Boogaloo Polanski-esque, it would be this scene. Um, yeah. it, it, it turns into a weird psychosexual power struggle between yeah. Turbo and Ozone, which, which, which the entire sequence... No, actually, no, it's a later sequence, so I'll ignore that. But which has to be seen to be believed. Yeah. Because... I mean, it just, I don't know what the motivations are. It's its never as if Turbo and Ozone are fighting over uh, each other's women throughout the film or something. It no. just, it, I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if it ended with, like, Turbo and Ozone, like, fucking, to be honest. Well, this like, is it. It kind of almost does, though, that's the thing, because it sort of, it sets, you know, let's let's not apply too many different wacky theories to this scene, but... It is like a, a sort of weirdly psychosexual moment where they're both obsessing over these girls so much that they're seeing them to the point where they're kind of almost fighting with each other and getting quite angry and irate with each other yes. to the point where they tear the doll in half and then they just sort of pause, stop, look at each other and go, <laughs> whatever it's funny, wasn't it? and they just walk out together like they're best friends. Mm. It's very, very bizarre. And I yeah, know what it says about the the state of mind of of, uh, of these characters. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think the um, the the author of Men, Women, and Chainsaws, the seminal study oh, yeah. into the male gaze in cinema, could have you know had a field day with yeah. this scene from uh, Electra Boogaloo. But uh, yeah, no, quite quite something that scene. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that one up. And I mean, in terms of surreality, I mean, you also get the the, the moment later on with. Um, uh, with Turbo, 
And this is the one mo- sequence in the film which I actually think is genuinely quite impressive. Um, it is it, visually, anyway, is the like the, the 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 scene where he's kind of dancing all over the ceiling. Um, yeah. Which, which I mean, like I don't know. It's pretty much a static camera shot, uh, which I suppose it probably would have to be given the revolving set. But mm-hmm. um, watching him kind of do all this stuff and the way that it almost looks like he, he's defying gravity and it's like it's the power of the dance doing that almost. Yeah. It, it, it is legitimately impressive, even even today. Yeah. And it is, it's, I think it's intended to be, I mean, I don't know the history of the, the director or anything, but I think it's intended to be a bit of a nod to the, uh, what's it called? Um, Fred Astaire, there's a Fred Astaire scene from, and I can't remember the name of the film that it, it, it's from, but there's a Fred Astaire scene where he does the same thing. Sure. Um, so I think it's kind of a, a nod to that. Um, but yeah, it is, it is beautifully done, and as, as we sort of, uh, mentioned to each other earlier on today. Uh, fun fact being that it's the same um, it's the same room that was used for the uh, the bed kill scene in in A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is fantastic. Which I, is I brilliant. Yeah, I love that those that. two films in some strange way are connected. Like those two movies have that one beautiful connection. <laughs> Yes, um, it's um, yeah. I mean, that that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. And um, but like, like I said, I mean, and like the, the the Tina death in Nightmare on Elm Street is is still impressive today. It's um, yeah. and I mean, it's it, it, I mean, it's it, genuinely, it's all because it's practical. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I love it. I, I, I mean, I, I genuinely, I, I'm very impressed with that scene. It is, and I think what works so well about it as, as well, I mean, it's some some of the time the dance moves that Turbo is doing as this room is, is rotating, they're quite simple things that he's doing. He's not doing anything particularly bizarre, but because of your perspective as as viewer, they, it does look really impressive. So even when he leans back or he sort of like bends himself back just a little yeah. bit, yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. really strange because of the, the position of the room. So... Yeah, it's you know it's a simple mechanic and it's a simple mechanic that Fred Astaire was managing to sort of you know baffle people with years before. But if it works, it works. So yeah, quite cracking. They should do more of that shit, man. You know, just yeah, mind bending sort of practical effects like that. Yeah, things that use perspective and stuff like that so yeah I, I like to think when Nolan was uh, coming up with Inception he got really hammered one day <laughs> and watched Breaking 2 yeah. and just and then just like had a like he was just woke up in the morning like the scene in Shaun of the Dead where Shaun uh, writes the stuff on the fridge uh, like he got passes out drunk I like to think Nolan did that but then just woke up and did like rotating room like electric boogaloo yeah uh, you know, and uh, 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 I don't know. That, that would and then be spent, spent an hour sort of staring at it and trying to figure out what he meant, and then <laughs> and then had to watch Electric Boogaloo again in yeah, the morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's great that sort of Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Breakdance to Electric Boogaloo, and Inception all live in that same magical universe. Then absolutely. So you must be uh, Turbo and Ozone. You you certainly have original names. Um, but there's not many other movies that I can think of where um, in a bizarre hospital scene, and this is my <laughs> third moment of surreality, a bizarre hospital scene, the power of the dance 
manages to, um, the power of a spontaneous dance, manages to not only cure paralysis, that was shocking enough, but it actually brings somebody back from the dead. Yep. That happens. And the, the, the song is a marvel as well. The, uh, yeah. When I see you, I get so intense. Uh, it's, it's good. And the thing is as well, that sort of bringing us onto the songs as well. I, it's, you know, my understanding of breakdance culture is not particularly sharp, but kind of a hip-hop culture, isn't it? And there's not really... I mean, you've got Ice-T sort of um, in the most incredibly camp-studded leather possible, <laughs> and you you can't help but feel like Ice-T rouge the day that he appeared in this film. Mm. Um, and, and he's performing tracks like Go Off, which are fucking still good songs. It's just, uh, you know, trapped in a very specific age. Mm. Um, but for the most part, these are really sort of R&B pop light songs that I can't really imagine people breakdancing to. And it makes it sort of brings me on to the point as well is that, you know, if 20% of the songs in this film are rap, hip hop related songs, then only 20% of the dance that happens is breakdancing. Most of it is sort of, you know, Fame Academy style uh, stage dancing, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, there is barely any break dancing in this film. It's, yeah. um, I mean, and when there is, it tends to be people that the camera cuts away from the main characters too, and they're doing it on a piece of lino in the street somewhere yeah. nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you get like maybe one or two pair musical sequence, but I mean, the, the, because the ending of the film is essentially people on a stage doing chore- a choreographed dance routine. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and um, while it cuts away to um, Kelly's dad with a green bandana and, um, and and various other fun sites, you know, it um, I, I, it it just yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It just there, there is no real hip hop culture in the film apart from Ice T. I, I I you know I I find it hard hip-hop. to actually think of anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's clearly sort of, it's a film that was made to cash in on a bit of a movement. I don't think there's, you know, I don't think anybody's really trying to pretend that this is a reflection of what that was. It's, you know, it's a it's a PG-friendly sort of um, brightly coloured, rainbow-flavoured version. And, and, you know, we love it for that. So, um, mm. but yeah, that fucking hospital scene. It's, I hope that this podcast is going out to people who are either thinking seriously about watching Breaking 2, um, or Breakdance 2, um, or have watched it and loved it, um, because, you know, I need them to, I need them to fill in the gaps here. This is, it's a difficult one to explain. It, the only thing it reminds me of is the, the, um, the only thing it reminds me of is there is an episode of Scrubs, which is an entirely, entirely a musical number. Oh yeah. Um, it's, that's about as close as I can get. It's it's strange in the you know but whereas Scrubs Scrubs is kind of trying to be specifically surreal and comedic in that way, this is just you know it's just bizarre. So I mean and also I mean leading up to the hospital scene is the fact that the reason why plot spoilers uh, Turbo breaks his leg is because yeah. he stole a construction worker's lunch yeah. and ran off with it. 
and then falls down some stairs while Turbo does a very, very, very much heavier stunt double yeah. falls down the steps. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I don't know. I forgot that aspect, that it's because Turbo stole someone's lunch. Yeah, I forgot about that as well, but I will never forget. I mean, by the time we got to the stage where Turbo's stunt double falls down the stairs... We'd all had a few beers and we were having a really good time and we were laughing a lot. But I, I remember the moment that, because obviously we've got to remember, we were watching this in standard definition, sure, but on a 37-inch screen, on DVD. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty fucking clear that that was not Turbo who fell down the stairs. So when that yeah. happened, that's the moment I remember just falling apart. Like, that just killed me. And, it, it, you know... A lot of it had to do with the situation. We were having a damn good time up until that point anyway, but that just destroyed me that moment. I'll never forget it. There's that. My my two worst stunt doubles of all time are that, and there's one in the stuff. And I can't I can't remember the exact situation, but I think it happens in a hotel room. And like literally I, 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 it was like three, four years ago I saw that, but there is one in the stuff which is fucking brutal, but hilarious. Yeah. And, and I mean, I just, I mean, the thing is, it's also one where we noticed it straight away. Like, yeah. it's that bad that straight you don't away, even have yeah. to rewind it. It's just like, what, hang on a second, that's a much Who's bigger that? person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was fun. But, you know, I think the thing is, is you can take the the tone of this film. It's not taking itself too seriously and it's not meant to be taken seriously. But it's and it never was. But it's it's meant in the context of today or watching it today. We can we can watch it even less seriously, I think. Does that sort of make sense? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is it was never meant to be. A seriously, ta- a film that was taken seriously, but today you can really let yourself go with it and just let the comedy wash over you. It's it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, there's a ton of other sort of fun scenes though. We've touched on a few of them, um, but there's one um, scene towards the well, towards the beginning of the, th- the third act, I'd say, um, which involves um, one of the people who are trying to sort of overturn this. Um, this this holding uh, that Miracles has by the sort of community and trying to sort of build the shopping centre. Ian, you kind of brought this up earlier. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I might have actually texted you about half seven this morning. Uh, yeah, I think did, yeah. yeah, when I was watching it. Um, yeah, so they're in the, the they're in the um, their courtroom and they've just kind of basically won the right to knock miracles down. And uh, then the uh, all the gang kind of amass in this council room and uh, they're 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 pleading their case. And um, a kid just says shouts out, "You guys are wet." And the look on the councilman's face, where he, it genuinely feels like it has cut him to his core. Yeah. And it it is just the weirdest thing, where suddenly, despite the complete disconnect these two separate groups have, there is a common ground in the use of whacked, as a terrible, terrible yeah. insult. Not only does he understand what whacked means, 
he interprets it as being like rapist or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It He's is essentially really someone offended. just said you raped my nan. Yeah. It, 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 which is just incredible. And to be fair, later on in the film, he he turns very quickly to the side <laughs> of the good. And I yeah. wonder if that little kid saying you guys are whacked, maybe put a little. I I think there was probably a scene cut out where of him, of him going just, home to his of, going, of him going home to his wife and going. And just being really depressed, and at some point she says to him, "What's what's wrong, Tony? You've been you've been so you've been so distant recently. What's wrong?" Yeah. And he's, he's just slowly turned round to her and said, "Do you think I'm whacked?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that that would that would be it, or him just like crying himself to sleep, going, yeah. "I'm whacked. I'm whacked. <laughs> I'm whacked." <laughs> you know, the I, realization. Oh, it is fantastic. But it's it's another it's another beautifully funny moment. Um, I'll be honest with you, the kind of the last act of the film, it's it it sort of gets a little bit dancey and a little bit um, heavy on the sort of stage numbers. I mean, it is the big dance climax, and they're trying to save miracles. But it, it's I enjoy the la- I don't know about you, I enjoy the last act of it a lot less than the than the first hour. Yeah, because there's there's not really that much kind of like uh, oddly entertaining about it. It's, yeah. It like you say, it is a bunch of dance sequences. Um, them raising an insane amount of money in a really short amount of time, somehow managing to book iced tea. Um, it, 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 I, it, it, I don't know. It is what it is, but it's yeah, it's not nearly as fun. Yeah, I think by that time, I think this is clearly a sort of we. I think we can kind of sum up, but I would say this is definitely the very definition of a of a drinking movie, something to watch with mates. Which is why I watched it um, while looking after Lossie last night while she was asleep, <laughs> and then at half seven this morning. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I, but I still enjoyed it. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. It's still, it's still a laugh, and I, I almost could put a nostalgia rem- remembering that time we were all together watching absolutely. it as much as anything else, but, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think if anybody is planning on watching it, it's a great it's a great opportunity to get some heads together and have a few beers. And you know what? By the time they're all dancing and singing at the end, you'll have had such a fucking laugh watching it that you won't care. You'll just kind of you'll be pissed and cruising through the last half hour anyway. I would have thought. Try up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I'm pretty sure that's a recommendation from both of us. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly if you're in the in the right frame of mind, but it's yeah. a bit, it is a bit of a joy. But first time you watch it, watch it with other people. Definitely, brilliant. Well, um, that was uh, our look at um, Break Dance Two or Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Um, so all that remains for me is to just thank Ian for joining me today. Yeah, thank you very much, sir. Uh, absolute pleasure. It's uh, yeah, it's it's nice to be on your show for once. Yeah, it makes a nice change, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, right. Well, what's it, um, Ian? Do you want to tell people where they can find you in the future? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so um, I do a weekly podcast with uh, another gentleman by the name of Mark Foster. Um, Hello, what's it Mark. called? Dude and a Monkey. Uh, that's what it's called. Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a weekly show, and we uh, kind of do a main review every week. We um, talk about like 
films we've been watching that week, one old, one new, where we talk about one old film, uh, one film we rewatched, one new film to us each. And uh, we also do marathons at the moment. The marathon is the Ian and Mark Stuck Cox in Hell marathon as we uh, take a look at the uh, the Exorcist films. And we're uh, we haven't come up with a title for the next one, but in the month of October we're going to be doing two Halloween films a week. So uh, if you um, if you want your horror, then uh, we're certainly the place to be. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm not just saying it is a cracking podcast too. I Excellent. always I always download and listen. Um, and yeah, feature packed and lots of lovely tangents and stuff. That uh, tangents all over the place. Tangents yeah. all over the place, and, and and it's all about for it. So that's brilliant. Uh, well, yeah, as I say, then thanks again for joining me, Ian. And thanks, um, I'll speak to you soon. Will do. Electros rule the dance floor now, sucker. <laughs> Why don't you get back to your social club? We'll play with the baby. Oh. Come on, you guys, let's turn these fools out. Bring your mama along to wipe your nose. Hey, man, be cool. Look, we're not going to waste any of our moves. And that was episode 15 uh, of Adventures in VHS, Breakdowns to Electric Boogaloo. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening as, as much as I enjoyed making it. And I do hope that you'll be uh, taking the opportunity to head over to unbound.co.uk um, to uh, to buy yourself a copy of the book now that it's finally uh, it's finally becoming a reality. Hopefully, um, so yeah, head to adventuresinvhs.com and you'll find the link there. That's probably the easiest way to get it. Um, as always, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you'll find me at filmrant, and um, by all means, join the Facebook page. Uh, for Adventures in VHS as well. Um, I will be back, hopefully in a month's time. But obviously, as I'm sure you'll, uh, as I'm sure you'll, um, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, it's going to be a sort of a bit of a crazy old time with uh, with this stuff going on with the book at the moment. So, I hope to get another podcast up soon, and I will uh, I will give you an update on what's going on. Um, with the progress of the book and what sort of percentage uh, we are at and how close we are to completion and going into production Um, so yeah, uh, this podcast will continue um, and I will continue to let you know exactly what's going on with the book uh, as and when when I know Um, however, as I say once you do become a uh, a pledger over at Unbound uh, you'll get access to the writer's shed and there'll be all sorts of other updates and bits and bobs and reviews and mini casts and video casts so um, hopefully you will agree that that's kind of something that's that's worth doing and um, I really really hope that you uh, that, that you can head over there and support the support the book in this uh, this final stretch um, so yeah that is that um, feedback is always welcome uh, please feel free to forward that you'll find a, a link to my email over at adventuringvhs.com as well um, so apart from that all that remains for me to say is uh, thank you very much for joining me I will see you again soon ta-ra